Lord Jesus, you have served us, and we ask that through the power of your word, you would help us to experience that and then give that love and that service away to others. We pray this in your name. Amen. I want to say howdy to the people in the narthex. Good to have you with us. A friend of mine one Easter wanted to help her little kids understand the meaning of Easter better, and she wanted to do it in a creative way, so she decided that she would reenact the Last Supper. She made a dinner of lamb because that's what Jesus and his disciples would have eaten, and she took a table to the upstairs bedroom because the Last Supper was eaten in an upper room. She spent all day on this. But before they could even say grace, her, her kids got in a fight over who was going to get to sit in their favorite chair. And the evening ended with her kids yelling at her, you are the meanest mommy ever. Don't you just love it when kids say that to you? It's like they have this special award ceremony, right? The, the meanest mommy ever Oscar goes to. Right? Well, she was kind of discouraged about all of that until she remembered that that's actually how the real Last Supper went down. Four days before the real Last Supper, Jesus had marched into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday and the crowds went crazy thinking he was going to kick out the Romans. So in response to that, the disciples started to jockey for power and position. You know, who's going to be vice Messiah and that kind of thing. By the time they got to the Last Supper, they didn't want to serve anyone and all they wanted was just to get their power and position. So they got in a big fight. And do you know what over? Their favorite chair. Who was going to get to sit in the seat of honor? So you see, my, my, my friend's kids, they weren't misbehaving. They were simply imitating the disciples. What more could a mother ask for? Nobody wanted to serve anybody else. They were just in it for what they could get for themselves. And in the middle of all of this arguing over power, Jesus does a shocking thing. He washes his disciples' feet. He serves them. And it's actually a living parable of who Jesus is. In this story, Jesus lays aside his garments just as he had to lay aside the comforts of heaven to come to earth. And he puts on a towel just like as God, he wraps himself in human flesh. He washes their feet to make them clean just as he died to cleanse us from our sins. And then he stood back up and went to his seat just as he was raised from the dead. It is a living parable about a God who serves and who loves. It was also a very scandalous thing to do. Back in Jesus' day, with all that walking around on dusty roads in leather sandals, feet had some interesting odors. And washing them was considered so disgusting that not even a slave had to do it. But here Jesus, God in human form, washes his disciples' feet. It is a model of serving others. And truth be told, it is a model that we don't much want to follow, do we? Honestly speaking, the whole idea of serving others doesn't always excite us. Very few of us get up every morning and see, think, how can I serve someone else? Or, gee, I, I hope someone cuts me off in traffic today so I can serve them by letting them have my place, right? Very few of us do that. And if we're honest, serving others is something we think of as a have-to-do or an ought-to-do not a get to do. And sometimes that's how we preachers make it sound. When I was a kid, my younger brother would never be able to get to sleep unless the dog slept in the bed right beside him. 
So every night he would call, you know, here, Boots, here, Boots, let's go to bed, right? And Boots would run away. So my brother would hunt her down and grab her by the front paws and drag her down the hall to his bedroom, right? which didn't hurt the dog, but she'd always, you know, her back feet would be frantically pawing, trying to get away, and she'd be growling and snarling the whole way down the hall. Boots did not want to serve my brother. And sometimes I think that's how we respond to Jesus' call to go serve. You know, we kind of growl and snarl all the way. But I think this story of Jesus washing his disciples' feet gives us two reasons that we can serve not out of guilt, not out of duty, not out of obligation. We can serve in joy. And the first reason we can serve in joy is because we have been served. Preachers usually use this as a story about how we ought to go out and serve others, and it is that. But it is first a story about how much we have been served. It's a story about a God who loves us enough to wash our feet. And when we really understand that, not just in our heads, but in our hearts, it makes it easier to go out and serve others in joy. It gives us a little bit more motivation. When we realize everything that God has done for us, when we really get that in our hearts. And God has done a lot. And the biggest thing God has done for us is He loves us even when we're unlovable. And this story of foot washing is a pretty good metaphor for that. Right? Feet are weird. Feet are dirty. Feet smell funny. Weird, messy, and smelly. That's me. And I think that describes a lot of us in some ways. We all got junk. We all have our sins. And Jesus knows all that. He sees all the dark and ugly thoughts we think. He sees what we do when we're, when we're alone and think no one's looking. <clears throat> he sees all that, but he still loved us enough to die for us anyway, which must mean that we are very valuable. And he's blessed us with good gifts like friends and family, the opportunities we've had in life. And when we really get in our hearts how much he has given us, it becomes a lot easier to give ourselves away and serve others. It's the zucchini squash principle. Every summer I grow zucchini squash. And you know how one plant can produce about 10,000 zucchinis? Right, and so pretty soon we're taking bags of zucchini to the neighbors and gas station attendants and strangers on the street. You know, have some zucchini, right? Because we're awash in zucchini. Here's the deal. We live in a world that tries to convince us, mostly through advertising, that we don't have enough. We don't have enough stuff. We don't have enough love. We don't have enough whatever it is. But if we take time to really experience how much God has given us, we realize our hands are filled with blessings. And when we really understand that, it becomes a lot easier to give ourselves away and serve in His name. So then how can we do that? How can we experience God's love and God's blessing in such a way that we'll be motivated to give? Let me give you three suggestions. One is we've got to let Jesus in. You know, in this... Story, Peter proudly says, Lord, you don't need to wash my feet. I've got clean feet, right? Wash the other guy's feet. Just take a whiff. They need it. But not me, Lord. And that's somehow times how I think we are with Jesus. We don't want to let him in. We don't want him to see our junk or admit that we have it. But when we let Jesus in and start being honest about those lustful thoughts or our anger issue or the terrible things we think about other people, when we get honest with Jesus and admit those things, then we can really begin to experience Jesus saying to us, I love you. This does not define you. I forgive you. I can help you overcome this. We need to let him in daily. Another way we can experience Jesus, 
love and blessing is to let other people care for us. And I think that's pretty hard to do. In fact, as hard as it is to go serve others, I think it is sometimes even harder for us to let others serve us, isn't it, Eastsiders? Right? We are kind of a proud, I'll do it myself kind of people. But being, and being served makes us feel needy and like we don't, we don't, we don't like that. A while back I was leading a men's Bible study and one night we were studying this passage and suddenly one of the guys said, hey, I've got this great idea. I'll go get a bowl full of water and Scott here can wash all of our feet. Right? He's the pastor and then we'll wash his, right? And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Who said we were actually going to do what's in the Bible, right? This is merely theoretical, you understand. The mere thought of that sort of just gave us this collective sense of the willies, right? It just, it seemed too vulnerable and, and, and weird. But what I realized in that moment was, given the choice, I would rather wash someone's feet than have someone wash my feet. I don't want to be cared for. I don't want to be served. Besides, I have a weird-looking toe, and I didn't want anyone to see it. (laughs) But when we let people in, when we let them care for us, listen to us when we have a problem, help us when we have a need, we're letting them be Jesus with skin on, and we can experience Jesus loving us as they through them, as they love us. And a third way we can experience Jesus' love is to simply reflect on it. Prayer, meditation, scripture. A very practical thing you could do this week is to come to all three Holy Week services. And as you go through those services, and hear again the story of a God who loves us enough to die for us, would rather die than lose us, say this over and over to yourself, He did that for me. He did that for me. He wore the chain so I could be free He did that for me. And when we experience how much God loves us, by letting Him in, by letting others serve us, by reflecting on His love, when we know how much we have been served, then we can serve in joy. A second reason we can serve in joy is because, as He does in the last line of this story, Jesus promises us a blessing if we do. You know, I am one of those people that doesn't always feel like serving. But one of the things that motivates me to serve is I trust Jesus' promise that if I serve, there will be a blessing. I will know him more. I will have joy as I do it. And and I've, I've done that just based on that promise. And what I've discovered is Jesus is always right. Jesus is always right. Even when it's hard, serving gives us joy. Got an email from one of our deacons this week who said that as a deacon, she's been called on to listen to and pray with people in crisis and in pain. She said it's hard, but that that by doing that, she's been able to overcome some of her own pain and find joy in that. Even when it's hard, serving always, at at the end of the day, brings us joy. And there are a lot of ways to serve. Long list. You could teach Sunday school, tutor at KidReach. You know, help a neighbor or a coworker or a friend, whatever. Sign up for the August 18th Jubilee Service Project. Lots of ways to serve, and when we do, we have joy. In fact, this week I heard one of the principals from one of the schools we served last summer tell a great story about how when we were there at her school last summer, some of you decorated the bathrooms, and the girls got flowers painted on their bathroom walls, and, and the boys got lizards painted on theirs. And the principal said that at the beginning of the year, she strictly warned all the students, do not mess up those paintings, right? Well, sometime in the fall, uh, a, little, a group of second graders came to her to tell her that they'd seen a boy reaching up to touch one of the lizards. And they said, we told him he couldn't do that. The Presbyterians gave us those lizards. 
They're Presbyterian lizards, I guess. I love that story. And I love being a part of that story. I love the fact that I'm a part of that story. It gives me joy. I mean, we are out there making a difference. We're changing the reputation that Jesus and church people have as being mean, nasty people. I mean, now we're lizard painters. Right? And that's better. That's an improvement. In fact, the principal said that because we were there at her school last summer helping, several of her teachers are now going back to church. It just gives me joy to be a part of that. A while back, there was a 15-year-old girl at the Jubilee Reach Center. I'll call her Jamie. Jamie's Vietnamese, straight-A student, loves basketball. But she also has some pretty adult responsibilities at home, caring for her baby sister, translating English for her parents. Well, this fall, she was asked to go to homecoming, but she said no because she didn't have enough money to go buy a dress. So Marty Taylor, the program director at Jubilee Reach, called up a family here in our church and asked if they needed a babysitter. And we parents always need babysitters, so this family said yes. And they paid Jamie $7 an hour to babysit, which was more money than Jamie had ever seen in her life. Well, the next day, Marty asked Jamie, what are you going to do with all of that money? And Jamie said that she'd already spent it on her family, that the night before they were a little low on food, so she bought everyone a bowl full of noodles, took them out and bought them all bowls of noodles. So Marty asked, well, what about homecoming? And Jamie cheerfully said, my family's more important. Well, some women from our church found out about all of this, and so they decided to take Jamie and her sixth grade sister shopping for prom dresses, which is a lot of fun, I've been told. (laughs) So Jamie ended up being able to go to homecoming in a brand new dress, high heels, and fancy earrings. Isn't that cool? I just think that's cool. You know, I've talked to a lot of people involved in this story, and whenever they tell that story, they either are smiling or crying tears of joy. Jamie experienced the love of Jesus through her parents and through this family that that paid her to babysit. And having experienced being cared for by them, she then served others, was able to give it away, pay it forward, was even willing to miss the prom in order to buy food for her family, not grudgingly, but joyfully. And the women from our church whose daughters are long gone and grown Well, they got the fun of helping two girls in our community shop for a prom dress. Plus, an Eastside family managed to find a babysitter. And if that's not the kingdom of God, I don't know what is. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. So this week, Holy Week, two things. How will you put yourself in a position to experience God's radical love for you? And then how can you find the joy he promises that comes from giving that love away and serving others in his name. All Lent, we have been talking about significant moments in Jesus' ministry that happens around meals. And as you know, the first meal that ever happened in the Bible was when Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit. And as a result of that, sin, death, suffering, insecurity, all kinds of things entered into our world. And we started to see God not as a loving father, but as a cruel tyrant out to blast us if we did anything wrong. But at the Last Supper, God reverses that image of himself. God himself in human form takes up a towel and a basin to wash his sinful disciples' feet. Even Peter's, who was going to deny him, he even washed Judas' feet. Showing once and for all that he is not a cruel tyrant. He is a loving father who came not to judge us, not to lord it over us. He came to love us 
and to serve us. And when we experience that kind of love, not in our heads, but in our hearts, it becomes a joy to serve other people. You can see that in the geometry of the cross. God pouring down all of his love, all of his blessings onto us so that we can then reach out and serve others in his name. Jesus transformed the world not with an army, not with a government, not by lording it over people. Jesus transformed the world with a basin and a towel. And he invites us to be part of that ongoing transformation of the world as we serve others in his name. And whether we know it or not, deep, deep down, this is what we most long to do. This is what we were designed to do. Nobody hopes that at their funeral someone will stand up and say, yeah, Fred here, he worked real hard and he was anxious and self-occupied a lot, but he sure knew how to get a lot of stuff in life. None of us want that said at our memorial. All of us hope that someone will stand up and say, my life is richer, my world is bigger, my faith is stronger, because this person walked the planet. She made a difference. He changed my life. We don't want to be space takers. We don't want to be resume builders. We want to be difference makers and know that we have significance. And the good news we celebrate this week is that Jesus came not to judge us, but to show us how much he loved us so that in a response to that, we can give ourselves away in service to the world and know the joy that he promises that comes from doing that. Lord, I pray that you help us to experience your love, not in our heads, but in our hearts. And help us to give it away and know the blessings that you promise when we do. We ask this in your name. Amen.